This is Audio Shelf, a place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. We are Brad and Brittany, the voices in your head. Traveling forward in time. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about the classic novel, The Time Machine. Author is H.G. Wells. Interestingly, Brad and I both listened to the same book, but it was narrated by two different people. So we have some different facts for you of the book. All right. So mine was narrated by Brian Cox. And mine was narrated by Scott Brick. Mine was published by Penguin Books. And mine was published by Tanter Audio. My release date was May 3rd, 2012. You know what? My release date was October 27th, 2008. You're older than me. You time jumped. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And then the duration for both of ours was three hours and 34 minutes. And the genre was classic fantasy and science fiction. So the summary of this book, and I'm going to kind of go into brief detail about it, is that it sees a Victorian scientist propel himself into the year 802,701 A.D., which is in the future. That's forward. Forward in time. Forward in time, not backwards <laughs> like Brad thought. So, <laughs> disclosure. <laughs> I originally, when I listened to this audiobook, I thought that he went backward into time. I just have no idea of time anymore. <laughs> You're an adult now. You don't pay attention to time. But in reality, the traveler went into the future. Way, way, way future. <laughs> And so, while in the future, he was delighted to find that suffering has been replaced by beauty and contentment in the form of two species, Eloy and Morlocks. But he soon realizes that there are simply remnants of a once great culture, now weak and living in terror of the sinister Morlocks lurking in the deep tunnels who threaten his very return home. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's yeah. deep. That's a good summary. That's real good. That, that, that about sums it up. <laughs> We're done here. (laughs) (laughs) But I think what makes me astonished is that this book was written, what, 100 years ago? Yeah, 1895. Oh, my goodness. I definitely was not born then. No, no. Our great-grandparents weren't even born then, probably. Oh, my goodness. I know mine weren't. This is legit classic right here. Yes. So let's break it down to the performance. Mm -hmm. So why don't you go first? So Brian Cox, I really had a good introduction to him Mm -hmm. i really loved his voice he does slight accents in the very beginning when the time traveler who remains nameless he meets at a dinner party with a bunch of colleagues a bunch of different people friends they all come from different countries and different backgrounds so i found his reading of those different accents though small and not in the book the entire time uh to be really great Gravitation limits us there. Not exactly, said the medical man. There are balloons. Hmm. That's good. What about you? Well, I really like my narrator that I listened to, Scott Brick. He recorded Hamilton. Yes. In our previous episode. Mm-hmm. And I really just like his voice. It's a very strong, centered voice. And I just overall really liked his reading of this classic. Mm-hmm. Now, how was his interpretation of the time traveler? Because Brian's 
was kind of hasty and very like workaholic kind of sounding. Mm-hmm. So he was always on the go. I agree with that. I mean, I think that there was a lot of that going on. For me, when I was listening to him, because I was reading half of Brian Cox, and then I switched over to Scott Brick because I couldn't get Brian Cox's version anymore. So then I went to well, my Overdrive, downloaded the Scott Brick version. In my opinion, I liked the Scott Brick better because I think that his characterization of the Traveler was a little bit naive. He was... Like he was always moving mm-hmm. and he was always thinking of the next thing. And his voice kind of portrayed that. Yeah. I guess for Scott, it was kind of like... He was an adventurer mm-hmm. and he was yeah, destined to kind of find something and teach people about it. Yeah. And he was very excited about what he found. Yeah. And so it wasn't so much as he was running around looking for things and being hasty, as you said, but it was more of like, this is what I found and this is what I'm going to kind of explain to you mm-hmm. and then take my word for it. I can agree with that mm-hmm. too with Brian as well. Like he was very into the time traveler being go, go, go kind of person and catching his breath. Not Brian, but the time traveler. Yeah. To me, came off as being written as like trying to catch his breath from his adventures and, and everything like that. I think Brian portrayed that really, really nicely. And mm-hmm. so it sounds like Scott for you portrayed that really awesomely as well. Yes. Which is cool that two different narrators can give us the same feeling. Mm-hmm just slightly different and it's strange because when like i said i listened to half of brian cox scott brick it sounded newer oh yeah. weird! it sounded and i don't know if it was just the recording and the type of production it went into the recording uh-huh. but scott brick's version was very new and, and it was crisp and fresh sorry about it oh i mean i haven't <laughs> <laughs> i haven't tried scott brick's but i really enjoyed the knowledgeable and wise sounding time traveler. Mm-hmm. Brian Cox's. I guess I guess you can look at it that way. Yeah, I guess I can. <laughs> and I will. I refuse <laughs> to have you tell me. <laughs> I refuse. You will not hold me down. One thing that I really enjoyed about Scott Brick and his narration was that he broke the chapters up in the novel. Unlike Brian Cox, where he just kind of read through the whole entire thing. Mm -hmm. For me, Scott Brick was, it was chapter one, and then this happened, and then chapter two. So it allowed me to find that place where I can stop and then pick up the next time I listen to it, Mm. which I really liked. Well, for for me, I listened to it all in one sitting, so the chapter breaks weren't really necessary because I just went right through it and it it flowed very nicely together just Mm -hmm. all listening to it i didn't really need the chapters Mm -hmm. but i can see where those would be nice to have transitions and be able to process what happened because it's definitely a smart kind of book definitely (laughs) and you know i think that this is a book that where you can definitely sit there in one listen yeah and listen to it i mean three and a half hours i think sean and i were driving somewhere and then we were just sitting around and, and waiting for a while so we Definitely had the opportunity of just listening. Mm-hmm. I mean, three hours is not that long. No. So one of the things that I really liked about this book was the fact that it was 100 years old, but dealing with a topic that is very... Relevant. Relevant now mm-hmm. and still fresh. And just thinking about 100 years ago, they di- they weren't having these conversations of time travel because mm-hmm. H.G. Wells kind of... Invented. He, yeah, he invented. Idea of time travel. Time travel in a machine. In a machine, yeah, (laughs) in in something, in a thing. So when you say that it was relevant, 
what kind of things i don't know just how people always want time travel to be a thing now like we have all of those movies that are mm. i mean from like the 60s and and 70s and 80s and 90s and to now we have a lot of pop culture mm-hmm. i guess the thing that comes to mind is time capsules mm-hmm. and tv shows and like in all those kid stories where they bury a little box of goodies that they had when they were younger and then yeah go back when they get older and find it and they look through all the memories i mean just with photographing weddings we see a lot of the wine boxes that are in five years you open this or Mm. during your first fight you open this and you read letters to each other that reminds you of this day and stuff Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of the same thing where it's a time capsule of um moments that can take you back to happier times or to just you know remember like definitely i was a dork back then (laughs) You were never a dork. <laughs> Wait, were you saying that you were a dork? <laughs> I mean, I know I was, but... You were not. The fact that he wrote something so long ago that had such great detail in the novel and throughout the characters and the world building. I mean, he goes to future world, future Earth. Oh my gosh. That's weird to say. Yeah, few, like 800,000 years in the future when in 1895 when he wrote this they didn't have skyscrapers i I imagine them wearing top hats in 1895 (laughs) top hats and like cummerbunds or whatever it is (laughs) and riding horses obviously i didn't pay attention to social studies oh my god um 1800s i imagine bedcloths Yes, like the lanterns, like people still die from like chickenpox. And like chickenpox and dysentery. (laughs) On the Oregon Trail. (laughs) So he goes and describes these beautiful buildings that presumably he hadn't seen when he was writing this book. But now he had to create them and just, he gave details. Mm -hmm. So he was basically a fortune teller. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was smart. Yes. Smart imaginative imaginative that's good he was creative creative (laughs) he was a genius (laughs) oh hg wells i mean he went by he was probably the first person to go by just letters yeah right he invented that yeah he (laughs) totally invented that (laughs) (laughs) so in the three hours of time do you feel that you got a good picture i just said i did oh (laughs) (laughs) You. Sorry, I don't think I was listening to you. That's, but that was my whole process through this book because it was so, like, I wanted to listen to it, but I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I texted you. I said, why is this man talking to little people? <laughs> like, let's be real. I am not smart enough for this. And I need a Sean or an English teacher in my head after <laughs> I listen to this book. I mean, I saw Sean try to describe this to you and you kind of just like, glazed over Uh <laughs> I was like Munchkins, Wizard of Oz. This is the Wizard of Oz now. (laughs) But no, I thought it was interesting how he was able to kind of like go through and take humans what they used to be and then break them down into these two different factions of people. They didn't battle each other, but one was Predator and one was Prey. It was like cannibalism Mm -hmm. stuff and eating each other. Monsters. Monsters. And munchkins. And munchkins. <laughs> when okay, no lie, when I imagined him describing 
the alloy, I imagined these like weird little rabbit creatures that wore pants. <laughs> and they just like hopped around and like sang songs in in whatever their language was. And then there was ones with bows. See, I imagine them as little small people with low curly hairs. I mean, that's how they were described. So oh, were you, d- you did a very okay, good job. Good. <laughs> but they were just described as looking different than humans, yeah. like looking really beautiful, but weird at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I just imagined like not rabbits with fur and like bunny tails or anything like that, but just like the head shape of a rabbit mm-hmm. and just looking real questionable. Yes. Like I would see them and I'd be like, and the more what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. And the Morlocks, I imagined as literally predators from the alien vs. predator movie well for the morlocks see i played this game called wow world of warcraft mm-hmm. and they have murlocks in there that are mm-hmm. like these little sea creatures that are creepy and they go wow yeah so i had it there bravo dear sir so i already had pretty much a picture of what the morlocks would be and they would be people that had scales and ate you in the mm. night and snatching your babies. Bunch <laughs> of Morlocks. <laughs> That's a great insult. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. It's like can... what what Mudblood was for Harry Potter. One of the things that I liked about Brian's voice was when the Morlocks were attacking and trying to get the time traveler. His voice really portrayed how angry he was at the Morlocks and what they were doing and his need to kill them mm-hmm. like really came through really well with Brian's voice. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I feel like he did emotion like really well. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. But I, and for Scott Brick, I don't think that was the case. I think mm-hmm. he was just kind of reading it as is. Oh. And I mean, I didn't, I'm not saying that he's lacking the emotion. I just think that he was reading it in this very flat kind of way. Mm, that's interesting. So I just wish, I think I overall like Brian Cox's version better. I just wish he, there's some breaks. The transitions are smoother. I can see that because there definitely wasn't time to think. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I really liked the descriptions that were used. And yes, I did get a clear picture. I mean, I really, I did like the story behind it. And once Sean explained it to me and Wikipedia... I was like, oh, wow, this is good, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not during. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of stuff went over my head, and it was just an interesting story mm-hmm. of, I mean, especially when the fire happened with little Weena. Oh, my and- God. Can I, oh, that's what I want to touch on. Little Weena. Little Weena. So, first of all, did H.G. Wells, he, predict- he predicted all this stuff that happens in the future, but did he predict that naming a character Little Weena? <laughs> Wasn't a little weird? <laughs> so- See, I'm not weird and didn't <laughs> didn't associate anything. You didn't associate it when he when the guy was like, Oh little Weena. I was still come thinking- let me grab you, little Weena. <laughs> I was still thinking that she was a little bunny rabbit with bows in her hair. I mean, I wasn't thinking anything risque. I was like, is this man talking a little weirder like this? But he was. He was. So anyway, got that little Weena. What I liked about Brian was that when he said her name, it was like Weena. 
Yes, and I think I was laughing about the little Lena parts with Brian Yeah, because it was super cute. Yes, and I didn't notice it as much with Scott Brick. Right, Because yeah. he was like, little Lena. Yeah, he just, he just like went into her name, but Brian really gave some feeling behind yes. it. He was, he was like, like, Lena. He was like, Lena. So you mentioned earlier that you and Sean were listening to this book. Mm-hmm. Where were you listening to it? So we had to drive out to Susquehanna State Park for an engagement session. Oh, it was about an hour and a half drive. Oh, so then it was a total of like three and a, a half total hours. Of three, a total of three hours. From. Yeah. And then we had work in the evening mm-hmm. to do. So we listened to the last of it. Then in complete darkness. Oh my goodness. I peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> More locks. <laughs> I mean, it was really intense. Yeah. So that's that's how we listened to it. What about mm-hmm. you? I listened to this on my commute to work. Wasn't that intense. It was a quick listen to. I think overall it took me about two days to listen to it. It was a fast two days. Let's talk about the movie that was out. I've never seen the 2002 version. Oh, yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah. With Samantha Mumba. And Guy Pierce. <laughs> I mean, really? <clears throat> Samantha Mumba. What was she doing in the I don't 90s? Know. I loved her, though. But yeah, so I never seen the movie. Did you see it? Did you like it? How did you think it compared to the book? I saw this on pay-per-view. Oh my god. Remember goodness. when pay-per-view was a thing? I mean, it still is a thing P-P-V. for like yes. Oh my god. Me and my sister watched this. Wow. One one night, I think it was like two thousand three. Okay. After it <clears throat> had went on DVD and all that stuff. And I hadn't read the book yet. Because obviously I, I didn't mean- read the book until two thousand sixteen. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> so I enjoyed the film just because I did not know the source material. I didn't know where they differed. I didn't even know that there was a book mm. because I was, I mean, I was. Who was thir- your English teacher? 13. <laughs> no, I was in like eighth grade. Yeah, that's Why, true. That's true. That's I don't, true. I was, I was reading Flowers for Algernon. I didn't know the source material, so I enjoyed it. I mean, I probably would want to watch it again just to see the differences, but Thinking back to it, the things that stand out the most to me is that the Aloy were more tribal kind of mm. people. They The Aloy in the book are described as being porcelain and fragile and they live in the old marble structures of the past and they're just kind of beautiful breakable things. But in the movie, they are warriors mm. and they're not so soft and they try to stay alive and the morlocks are more like crazy animal people mm-hmm. i would equate them from what i remember them looking like yeah they look like a mix like alien and predator yeah. got together and had a baby oh my god and it was morlocks i don't um, want to go to that baby shower so it was definitely more fierce looking <laughs> you they gonna eat you <laughs> goo goo god don't <laughs> It, it was more ferocious feeling. Mm, yes. And in the book, the Aloy just let them come and take them. Mm-hmm. And there was no sense of urgency to get out or protect yourself or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was just, all right, we're here. We're stupid. Mm-hmm. We like entertainment. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the Aloy in the movie were smarter and at least I felt they were smarter. Yeah. I need to see the movie. Mm-hmm. So would you movie, audiobook, or actual book? I like Brian Cox's version a lot, so I would probably listen to the audiobook again. Mm-hmm. But I also want to see the movie. There's actually three movies? Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Yeah. And a lot of... I mean, the, the fact that this book has all these movies, all these narrators for all these different publishings... Yes. That's astounding. It's ridiculous. 
you can kind of see that it sparked this entire movement of time machine mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I don't think we would have the TV show exploration of time and all these things, any movies, Mm -hmm. if he hadn't have written this book. Exactly. I think of things like there's a new TV show out right now where they use Timeless. Yes. Oh my God, I want to see that. Where they use pods to go back. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that wouldn't be a thing. Exactly. If Time Machine weren't mm-hmm. a thing or revolution when that tv show is out end of the world things because yeah. interesting fact the time machine also was like one of the first things to explore the genre of the end of the earth mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. deals so yeah i feel like it i feel like a lot of things would have been impacted by Definitely. this novel the big question is now here here and now, Here in and the now, present. In the present. Not 800,000 years in the future. Whereas I thought it was 800,000 years in the, in the past, past. With the dinosaurs. <laughs> shelf this or shove this? I would shelf it. I would shelf your narrator, Brian Cox. I will shelf you. And I would shove the Scott Brick narration. That is interesting because you were telling me, like, oh, I think Scott Briggs was better. But I just, the thing is, I, ne- I never got a feeling from Scott Brick. Yeah. With the Brian Cox, I definitely got the feeling, but I just hated the fact that there was no transitions. So, I mean, to be honest, I'll probably shelf this and never look back. (laughs) Or look forward. (laughs) So thank you for listening to our episode on the time machine. Be sure to like us on Facebook and show us some love for the episodes that you have enjoyed. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. And don't forget that you can get two free audiobooks if you sign up through our website for Audible. And our website is audioshelf.me. 90th like alert! So we want to give a shout out to our 90th like on Facebook. 90 likes. That is 10 away from 100. Whoa! I mean, crazy. So thank you, Dwayne, for pressing that like button. Yes, and for hopefully listening to us and loving us. And if you like us that much, please leave us a review. Yes, and share us with all your friends. Tell your friends about us. We're friendly. And you can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes Podcast, and Google Music in the podcast section. Thanks for listening again. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Travel in time to the next episode on Monday. Bye. Bye. So I don't know. This has been Audio Shelf where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. I don't know anymore. But Listeria is a thing. Listeria. That's bad Listerine. <laughs> what? I thought it gave you like, I don't know, tumble rumblies. Tumble, tumble rumblies. <laughs> Tummy rumbles. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it tumble dried your laundry. <laughs> Are you sure we were able to read Time Machine? <laughs> I don't know.
I don't think we were capable of it. That's why I listened to it with Sean, because he was just there being all smart and stuff. I didn't know what was going on. Mm, talking about crabs and butterflies. Um, what? <laughs> in the 10 years, so this book was in 1895, and then the first skyscraper was in 1885, so there wasn't a lot. So no. I imagine that they still had some, like, gravelly roads, mm-hmm. some horse-drawn buggies, mm-hmm. some top hats, yes. some listeria, listeria in their bellies. Yes, or in their mouths. In their around. mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> candle, candle lanterns. Candle lanterns. Gravity. Um, like warm water that they put over a fire. Yeah. Right? And then they bathed in it. Yes. Only one time a month. One time. No more. <laughs> Otherwise, you end up with dysentery. <laughs> uh. Facts by audio show. <laughs> This uh, is history. <laughs> um, We're teaching you something, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Weena. You're a weenah, weenah. Weenah. <laughs> we need a segment of just like weenah. Weenah, weenah, weenah. This week on Weena. <laughs> that would be a really good talk show host name. Yes. This week on Weena. Yeah. Today on Weena. Weena. The Tales of Tomorrow. Last time on Weena. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're saying Weena too much.